The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to the Agile World Podcast, where we discuss customer experience, employee experience, and transformation in an agile age. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Center of Experience, a blueprint for creating an experience-led organization, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World Podcast. I'm excited to introduce part two of a special three-part series about the impacts of the pandemic on organizations' security posture, brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services talent services, and real-world application. Today, we're going to talk about how security can be an enabler for business. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Tech Systems Risk and Security Solution Executive, Corey Patrick. First, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background and what you do at Tech Systems? Hey, Greg. Thanks. My main focus at Tech Systems is uh, spent the last four years uh, building out our, our information security professional services and uh, recently transitioned into a role that is uh, more customer facing and um, working on sales enablement with our teams and just really helping, you know, our customers, but also our, our internal customers as well, just really understand, hey, security is really in everything that we do and how it impacts the various solutions that we provide within Tech Global Services. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to talking uh, talking with you today and, and welcome back to the show. You've been a, you're, you're a repeat guest here, so uh, looking forward to, to our follow-up here. So, Let's uh let's start by talking a little bit about the the typical security landscape in, in most organizations. Um, what do the different layers look like in that in that typical security landscape? Well, first of all, <laughs> Greg, in my experience, there is no typical uh, security organization. Um, you know, it ranges, right? And it ranges from security and just not even being a focal point at all. Um, 
you know, some organizations view it as uh, something that's outsourced along with IT. And, and oftentimes, uh, an organization that does that is 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 believing that they're getting more security than than they probably are. You know, I, I've seen organ seen organizations that are you know tens of thousands of uh, employees scattered across the globe, and they have one person, you know, focused on security or, or or thinking about security in the organization. And then, you know, you see groups where you you know you typically have a security org, and it's typically a very small team um, compared to you know, information technology or, or another business unit. Um, and they're typically don't have uh, the headcount or the resources that they need to do um, everything that needs to be done in the organization. And oftentimes they're challenged by the focus of the business or the, the availability of the business. And, and oftentimes uh, security is seen as an impediment um, in an organization or, or an impediment to, you know, rolling out new products or, or engaging in new lines of business or, or, or going to market. And, you know, how, how do we, and, and that's really the big question is, you know, sometimes you see that as a well-oiled machine, but a lot of times um, organizations struggle with that, right? Where, what is the right level of security? Where do they, um, where should security be injected um, in an organization? Should it be early and often? Is it a phase gate? And then sometimes you see competing, you know, competing interests, right? And um, oftentimes, that's the value of a, of a partner or a third party and come in and to help look at those things um, somewhat objectively and, and prescribe ways to, uh, to better work together and to better streamline processes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you mentioned there is no typical setup, but, um, you know, what, what does it look like when they work together well? I mean, you know, how have you seen that? Uh, how have you seen that in, in, in some of the organizations that you've worked with? It works well when security understands the business, when the, when the security goals, the security objectives, the security teams, um, those folks understand the business and they understand how the business functions, how the business operates. And as they go about their work, they're aligning those activities to, to the business. Um, oftentimes you see that big disconnect in that, you know, security orgs understand the infrastructure, they understand the technologies, they understand the things that are in play um, within the enterprise from a technology perspective, but they don't always understand how the business leverages that technology. And so the better functioning organizations, the better oiled machines per se, are ones where this, the security folks are are in lockstep with the business, they understand the business, they're involved in business decisions, um, and you see those those different units uh, working together um, more so than a an afterthought or a you know physical desk that someone walks up to. Sometimes sometimes we are uh, you know are stuck in in some of the adages that you see in movies or or uh, those sorts of things, and and you know security today is is, is far from yeah. Well then, given that a lot of organizations aren't quite there yet, what what tips or recommendations would you have to help them? Like, what are what are some not maybe not even first steps because a lot of the I know a lot of the organizations you work with aren't necessarily starting from from square one. But you know, where 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 are good places to start thinking or evaluating as they're trying to get to that that um, that end that end state of uh, you know, a, a better, a better relationship there in, in the security landscape. What often happens is 
you know, see, and I, and I stated before that, you know, security orgs typically don't have the headcount that they need. They're not going to get the headcount that they need. And so in order to offset that, there's, there's always a focus on, on tools and technology. And sometimes an organization is um, either woefully behind or underfunded, and it creates a level of urgency or an emphasis on tooling and not so much, hey, what is our security strategy? And what is this tool trying to accomplish? And so I, what I'm really saying is, is not neglecting the process piece of this, the, the strategic aspects of security and what we're trying to do for an organization, and then look at how those tools or how those technologies that are available align to that strategy or goal versus the, versus the other way around. And, and a lot of times, even today, you know, walk into organizations and they'll have, you know, four or five tools that do the same thing. Yeah. And, and to me, that's not simple. That's not sustainable. Um, and that investment or ownership, regardless of what budget it comes out of, is, is taking away from other things that need to be done in the organization. Yeah, yeah. How has the pandemic impacted all of this? The, you know, the way organizations view the security function, has that, you know, has it, has it had uh, much of an impact? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> you know, I thought I knew the answer to that, but I, <laughs> the, the, the under, you know, the understatement of 2020 is, is, is the word impact, right? Like what kind of impact is, uh, has that had or, 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 you know, the world that we live in today um, and the world that we're, you know, going to be um, living in coming out of this too, is, is, is all the sorts of things that you think about. And, you know, early on in the pandemic, um, a lot of organizations struggled because um, what I would call a lack of maturity around identity and access management. Um, uh, I, I saw organizations put on hiring freezes not because they didn't need people or because they didn't have the work. It's because they couldn't remotely onboard provision, deprovision access in the way that they, the, the way that they needed to. And so they're just, you know, hiring freezes right. um, when there was work to be done. Um, I think some of that is alleviated to bit and, you know, organizations have, have uh, adapted, but, uh, but part of the reality is, is, you know, a lot of organizations um, allowed remote work, right? Even ones where you come to the office every day, there's, there's the benefit or the flexibility of, you know, maybe working remotely here and there. And so there's the infrastructure that exists. There's the processes exist, but most organizations didn't build out the infrastructure needed to, to support a hundred percent remote. And so you saw a lot of good plans and technology and, and, and things in place, but not tested or built for the level of, or the load per se that, you know, that we're experiencing today. And, the other uh, the other piece I would add there is is not is not just compensating for that, but then realizing, you know, security is about control. It's about hey, what can we wrap our arms around? What can we secure? What can we harden? And you know, there's been such a focus on securing infrastructure, securing from you know end to end from an organizational standpoint, and then you open up the whole variable of of remote work and people working from home and and people who maybe have never worked from home before and have never set those things up and not have the right infrastructure in place. And so now the security organization, the, you know, the security apparatus of a lot of organizations is now dependent on devices and infrastructure that is beyond their control. And, and that's unnerving yeah. to say yeah. the least. Yeah. So I guess on the, on the flip side of this, um, has there been any um, 
positive, you know, whether, whether it's purely positive or just any learnings, you know, anything, anything positive or good to come out of this experience, uh, you know, in the, in the security community. It's proven that we can do this. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the beauty of it is, you know, not just from a security perspective, but even from a business perspective, you know, there, we can work remotely. Is it optimal? Is it, is it hard on the, the psyche? Is it, you know, is, is there an emotional disconnect? Is all those things? Absolutely. Um, have we introduced an entirely new vernacular here in 2020? Right. I mean, um, sorry, I was on mute has just become, you know, somewhat cliche. Right. right? And, and, and to me, that's, to me, that's good is that we've started to embrace and overcome these things. And now we're thinking bigger, right? We're thinking bigger in the sense that, um, Hey, we, we can have a remote workforce. We're thinking bigger in the sense that, oh my gosh, we really do have to bring more automation and process around how we provision and deprovision access. We have to bring more thought on how we, um, monitor um incidents or logs or, or security right uh, I, I've, I've had organizations that you know did all of their security operations in-house and then they realize well what if we can't get to you know our facility what if we can't get to that and looking at hey we we need some partners potentially to not because we can't to do this work but just to help us do this work in a in a a time where we've seen you know unprecedented um, you know, shutdowns and, and things changing on a daily basis to, you know, civil unrest to a lot of different variables here in 2020. And, and to me, the good that comes out of that is, hey, we're, we're embracing these things as real. We're understanding that these things can happen. And we're being able to quantify um, some of the impacts of those things. And, and that ability to quantify the impact of that now carries forward into data-driven business decisions, which is, to me, quite mature. And that's not just from a security perspective, but security is a huge part of that. Yeah. Um, so it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or I want to say it's good, right? Like I keep telling myself. It's good. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's, it, I think it's good to try to find the positive and, you know, there's so many, so many things that so many negatives and, and so many setbacks and, and other areas, but you know, when you can, when you can find something good in, in spite of all that, I think that's, uh, I think, I think we need to, we need to do that. So no, uh, agreed. Um, as as far as security goes, I mean, do you see um, security as being a potential competitive advantage? And you know, if so, uh, are there organizations that you feel, or even you know, some some examples from what you've seen that have been able to do that and, and do it successfully? I look at that as twofold. First, when you think about security. Um, I think of security, privacy, and compliance, right? Those are, to me, those are the three kind of focus areas which, which I broad brush as, as security. Yeah. Um, all of them have similar foundations, but they're different lenses and different ways of looking at um, how we protect data and how we protect our people. Um, security and protecting data, to me, to me, that's a community effort, right? Because data moves between organizations, data moves between parties, data moves in and out of your life all the time, right? And to me, that is something that is a, a community perspective. We're only as secure as our partner, as our partner or who we share our data with. Um, and that's the human side of it. But when I think of, you know, the question, how can an organization use security as a competitive advantage? That's when I put on that compliance lens, right? And, and 
be investing in the controls, investing in the processes and investing in the structure to be compliant with regulatory requirements, absolutely a competitive yeah. advantage. Um, when I think about our solution centers being high trust certified, well, that's a competitive advantage. Not every, not every partner or every competitor has that. Um, when you think about, you know, SOC 2 compliance from a, from a third party risk standpoint, you know, that, that helps a, a vendor get in faster with an organization versus a vendor that doesn't have that because they're, they're through more red tape or, or some of those challenges. It doesn't mean that they're any more or less secure, but investing in that certification, investing in that compliance structure and achieving that um, is certainly a competitive advantage for organizations. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's great. Um, as far as industries go, are there any that you've seen that have really been um, advancing more quickly than others in, in their security posture? Obviously, there's I'm sure there's some that it started out um, with, uh, with, with some more advancements, but I mean, where, where do you see the growth in security and, and really some industries kind of leading the way? Well, I, I think that, you know, consistently in all of this is, you know, your financial services, when you talk about advanced technologies and ways of thinking, um, often lead the way, right. And, and what you see oftentimes, you know, being adopted in the financial services space is maybe a leading indicator to what you'll see in other industries in, you know, two to three to five years, right? Um, that's one way to look at it, right? They're, they're advanced in that technology perspective, but, but the areas that I see advancing, right, from where they were to, to where they need to be is, you know, within healthcare, you're seeing a tremendous amount of investment, especially because of ransomware and the, the reality that a, that a computer or technology generated, you know, hindrance um, can really impact real lives. And I think when you see the reality of that, I think that, you know, healthcare organizations are, are beginning to make a, a tremendous investment in, in security. And, and that's definitely an uphill, um, it's still gonna be an uphill climb and something that they're gonna be facing for years to come, but um, it's good to see that. Um, yeah. And then also, you know, even state and lo local governments is, is just, there's no, there's no organization that's too big or too small to be immune to the threat that's out there. There's no, there's no data out there that's unimportant. There's no target out there that an adversary isn't interested in. Um, they're all targets of opportunity. And, you know, while it's terrible to see some of the things that have been happening, it's, it's good to see that organizations are, are making those efforts to become more secure or, or at least better than they were yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So as we look ahead towards 2021 and, you know, let's not call it a, a return to normal. Let's, you know, the, maybe a, a more realistic would be, you know, some kind of, some, some things may return to normal. Some things may, you know, continue on um, for, for, for a while and, and some things may never return to what used to be normal, but, you know, what are, what should organizations be thinking about um, related to security as, as they're planning for the future? Remote is here to stay. If, if you relied on your perimeter and a well-defined perimeter as your, as your security posture, um, that's been eliminated. Um, if you have to focus on identity, you have to focus on credentials, you have to focus on, um, you know, trust, 
and trust issues and, and, and who has your data, when and where at any given time. Um, yeah. To me, those are the, the things going forward is if an organization is, does not have a mature identity program, um, it, it, that, that should be an area of focus. Yeah, great, great. Well, uh, Corey, uh, thanks so much for uh, coming back to the show. Uh, for those listening, what's the best way to keep up with what you and Tech Systems are doing in the, in, in the space? Well, a couple of things. Um, first and foremost, you can always go to techsystems.com. Uh, that's the where the latest and greatest information is. Um, and again, my name is Corey Patrick with a K. And uh, I'm under that handle on LinkedIn and Twitter. And if you want to get in touch with me or ask a question, uh, those are those are great ways to get a hold of me. Great. Well, again, I'd like to thank Corey Patrick from Tech Systems for joining the show. Learn more about Tech Systems and their perspective on security at techsystems.com slash version next now. I'm Greg Kilstrom. Thanks for listening to the Agile World. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile World podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Center of Experience, from my website at theagile.world or on Amazon or other retailers. Until next week, stay agile.